Chapter 41 tells us the story of Pharaoh's dreams. Two years later, Pharaoh himself has dreams. The first dream is about seven cows, sturdy cows, grazing in the grass, and seven other cows that come after them, parot acherot, who are gaunt, ugly and gaunt, and they stand alongside the other cows along the Nile. And the uh, dream of Paro, Vatochauna, Haparot, Rotamareva, Dakota Basar, Echeva Haparot, Yefotamareva Habriot, Vaikats Paro, the gaunt cows devour the seven sturdy cows. Paro woke up from his dream. Vayishan Vayacharom Shenit, he went back to sleep, and he has a second dream, similar to the first. In the second dream, it's not about cows. It's about seven ears of grain, healthy ones, growing on a stalk. And then behind them, after them, seven scorched and thin uh, ears. And again, Vativlana Shebarima Dakot, the thin ears swallow up the seven solid ears. Vaikats paro vinei chalom, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So Pharaoh is troubled by this dream. He's, he's vexed, he's agitated. He calls, we are told, his magicians, Chartume Mitzrayim, Viet and the wise men. Vaisaper prohem et chalomo, Vien poter otam with Pharaoh. Pharaoh told them his dream, singular, his one dream, but none could interpret them. It's an interesting verse because it starts by Pharaoh telling them his one dream, singular, but none could interpret them. At which point, the butler speaks up. Sarah Mashkim speaks up and he says to Pharaoh, I want to mention my sin today. Today means because now it actually benefits the Saramashkim as we spoke. And he recalls what happens. He says, Paro got angry, was angry uh, concerning his servants. And he put me in jail, he says, together with the, with the baker. Tabachim, uh, in the jail of the Sarah Tabachim, together with the baker. The, the one speaking is the butler. On the same night, we each had a dream, each according to his own interpretation. And with us, uh, there was a nar, was a young, uh, young, a young man, Ivri, a Hebrew. Evid was Sarat Abachim, a servant of the butcher. And we told him our dreams, each according to the interpretation. And as he interpreted, it came true. I was restored to my post, and the other one was hanged. So it's interesting that the, of course, the Sarah Mashkim remembers now. And he, as the commentaries point out, refers to Joseph as a young Hebrew slave. It's not a flattering description. What is striking about 
what he says is that he actually mentions not only himself, but he mentions the baker. The baker was, of course, hanged. The baker was found by Pharaoh guilty. Uh, maybe guilty is the wrong word. In the dream of the baker, the birds are eating the flower off his head. In other words, he brings nothing to the table. He brings nothing to Pharaoh. And for that reason, perhaps he's executed. But what's interesting is that the Saramashkim mentions, uh, mentions the baker. The reason for this, I think, is the following. And that is simply for Joseph to interpret, to tell the butler he will live, he will live, is not actually a, um, a risk on Joseph's part. Because if he lives, he lives. And if he doesn't live, he, uh, he's dead. So he can't harm Joseph. But to tell someone that you're going to die, it says to the baker, you're going to die, that's a risk. Because if he doesn't die, then he certainly will have very ill feelings towards Joseph. So what, the, what impresses the butler and its significance is that Joseph is able to distinguish between his own dream and the dream of the butler. The two dreams are similar, and Joseph distinguishes them. And that leads us to the point about Joseph's interpretation of Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh summons Joseph from jail, and Pharaoh tells Joseph his dream. And what, and he says to Joseph, I, he says in verse 24, I told the magicians, none, none would tell me, none could interpret it for me, none could explain it. The first thing Joseph says is the two dreams are one. Earlier we remember the Torah had said none could interpret them. Pharaoh told him his dream singular, none could interpret them. Says Joseph in the very, at the outset, the dream is one dream. It's not two dreams, it's one dream. And he interprets the dream. The dream is that the first, the healthy cows are seven years of plenty, the lean cows are years of famine. And what you have to do, says Joseph, is take the produce of the seven years of plenty uh, to place it in under your control to guard it. And Joseph even uses the word picodon, it shall be a guarantor. In other words, what Joseph says is you control all the food of, this, of plenty and yet then you ration out the food over the next seven years when there's a famine. And the same thing is true, says Joseph, of the, uh, of the stalks. It's not two different dreams. It's one dream. But the reason God repeats the dream is to tell you that it's happening right away. In verse number uh, 32, Why did God repeat it? Why does it happen twice? It's happening right away. And God is rushing to do it. Pharaoh should choose for himself a wise person, a person of discernment, and place them over the land of Egypt. And then Joseph says what to do, collect the food, store the food, guard the food, and you will distribute the f- food in the years of famine. So Joseph is saying two things. First of all, 
he's saying that the choosing of a person immediately is part of the interpretation. That he's angling for the job himself uh, is not far-fetched, since he, as Pharaoh himself says, who's wiser than you? It's happening right now, and therefore part of the interpretation is to choose someone to handle the problem, which is immediate. But the main point about Joseph's interpretation is this, that what Joseph has given Paro is the key to power. Pharaoh is bothered by his dream, and the story that appears immediately before his dream is the execution of the uh, baker. The baker is the man in charge of the bread. So Pharaoh, if he executes the baker, feels he's not in control of the food. He's not in control of the economy. And what Joseph says to him is that you can set it up in such a way where you will control the land of Egypt. Because you're the only person that in the years of famine will have the food. It's under your control. You guard it, you store it, you guard it, vishamaru. And in point of fact, that's what happens. In the years of famine, when they come to Joseph in chapter 47, first they go to Pharaoh in chapter 41, and Pharaoh says, go to Joseph and do what he tells you to do. What he tells you to do in chapter 47 is, after one year they have no money, after two years he, take, he has taken all their cattle, and after the second year he makes an arrangement where fundamentally Pharaoh owns all the land. So what Joseph has done is given Pharaoh the keys to power. The other interpretations presumably did not give Pharaoh the opportunity to control the land. And Joseph is well suited to interpret this, the dream in this way. After all, as a 17-year-old boy, his first dream was your sheaves, the sheaves of the brothers bow down to my sheaf. It wasn't you bow down to me. It was the sheaves bow down to my sheaf. And if you control the sheaves, Joseph understood, even as a child, if you control the food, you control the nation.